Amen. All right, we're going to jump right into it. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, we're going to, my wife sends her love. She wishes she's here. Um, but unfortunately, um, not unfortunately, but our cousin, our other cousin is coming in from down south and she's picking them up right now as we're speaking and from the Philadelphia airport. So, um, but she prayerfully be here next week. So tonight I wanted to share, this is Bible study. So if you have questions that pop in your mind, um, just go ahead and jot them down somewhere um, so that we can ask them at the, at the conclusion of um, the presentation of the gospel. So I'm going to talk about successful Christian living. Please forgive me for not having the PowerPoint. Um, I just want to share something that's very crucial and very um, important as it relates to a Christian. Um, most believers struggle with their time with God as it relates to the Word of God, learning how to spend that time with the Word. And I'm actually working on a little mini book called Time with God or um, 20 Minutes of Power. Some of y'all are familiar with 20 Minutes of Power. And um, I was challenged years ago to put that in print, so I'm working on that. So y'all keep that in prayer. But I think um, a lot of Christians struggle with word time, spending that time. Is there anybody here who would agree with that? Just finding time for the word. And I'm going to give you some pointers tonight, prayerfully, some things to motivate you as well as some things to um, cause you to line up with that. Um, God's word is so important that we need to give priority to it. And without the word, we just, we just cannot know God. We're limited as far as what we know about God, right? Um, you know, a lot of times people have feelings. I feel this way and they have strong opinions. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Christian music world, the gospel world. I don't know if you're paying attention, but there's a lot of stuff going on, different situations. And those things we need to pray for, but people are giving their opinions and not necessarily the word of God. So we just need to make sure that we're, we're upholding the word. And the word of God demands our attention. Um, going weeks without reading, studying, and meditating and praying and confessing the word is, is setting, us, setting ourselves up for spiritual failure. Um, unfortunately, I have been in a place where I have gone for a week or two without spending time with the word. And I'm weak spiritually. And you, you really can't fight temptation when, when that happens. When you just study, I mean, you don't study and you just go on about your business. But we make sure we eat every day. <laughs> we make sure we bathe every day. We should, right? Brush our teeth and, and teeth, <laughs> teeth um, as well as going to work. I mean, we make sure we get on to work. You know, you don't, get, you don't get that paycheck, you know. So if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, right? Um, unless you have vacation or personal days or maternity days or something going on like that. But outside of those things, if you don't work, you don't go to work, you're going to end up finding yourself without a job. So spiritually, if we, if we go and go without spending any time in the word, what's going to happen is we're not going to reap any of the benefits of a person who walks with God. We'll just be on the outside looking in and say, hey, that person is walking with God. What about me? What, why am I dealing with all these situations and I don't have any joy with it? Now, I just want you to know that people with, in, who spend time in the word and people who don't spend time in the word, um, they, both of those people go through situations. So spending time in the word is not going to make you avoid tra tragedies. 
in crisis. Just want you to know. So don't get the concept. I'm spinning the word and everything is perfect. Actually, you'll find yourself on the other side. When you spend time in the word, you'll find yourself in a war zone. You, you, it becomes even harder. You know, if you set your mind to do something, whether let's say fast, it seems like the, it's harder to fast. When you make a decision to fast, it's like all hell. Everybody's bringing food to work. And you're just like, man, I want to take you out. The person that owes you a meal, a lunch, they're going to make sure they give it to you. So th those are the things that we have to be aware of. So successful Christian living, what does that look like? Um, this is a spiritual discipline talking about spending time in the word that requires much effort. Um, this is the most, in my opinion, and I believe I have enough word for it. It is the most important um, spiritual discipline. And spending time in the word above prayer, above fasting, above giving, witnessing. This right here is to make it or break us. It's our time with the word. And um, so, again, if you have questions, just jot them down. Um, because it is from the word that we learn how to pray. We learn how to witness. We learn how to live within community. It's through the word of God. And I don't know if you know this, but you and I, we are both gardeners. Gardens. So whatever you plant in your garden, is, is, that's the thing you're going to harvest. So whatever you put in, it's going to come out. You know the old saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? Well, the same way spiritually, whatever you put into you, it's going to show up. And I'm going to give you some examples, some practical ways of putting the word of God in, in your heart. The problem with some Christians is that they don't plan they don't plant God's word in them. They don't plant that word in them. And as a result, they fail spiritually. I've been in that place where I fell spiritually. And I want to show you from the word. So go with me. First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. I'm going to be mindful of our time together. I don't want to go over. I don't want to cheat you either. First Corinthians chapter three. I have an iPad and I just picked up the phone. Why? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 3. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Thank you all for your prayers for Sunday. Um, I was uh, ministering out in Jefferson, um, Texas, um, which I thought was real close to Dallas. It's two and a half hours away from Dallas. It's in the country. <laughs> And um, besides the people that came with me, I was the only, we were the only African-Americans there <laughs> in the middle of the sticks. <laughs> and uh, I looked up on the church uh, Facebook page and I saw some of their pictures and they were out hunting. <laughs> I said, Jesus, keep me near the cross. <laughs> but Texas is a wonderful place. Um, um, it's, it's a lot of, lot, you know how Newark and, or Camden um, they have a lot of churches, right? <laughs> oh, every corner. Well, Texas, Dallas has a lot of churches, but they're mega churches. They're not like small churches. They're like thousands and thousands. And I'm just amazed. And then they have a lot of places to eat. I must have gained 10 pounds. I'm not going to front. I ate, they, I mean, steak, and I, I had barbecue, and I, I had, there was a cake bar. I mean, just like, I just ate for days. And, 
And, and the Lord blessed me. I'm going to tell you, um, you do reap what you sow and um, men give unto your bosom. I only had to pay for one meal <laughs> and everybody was blessing me. I was like, this is like this all the time. <laughs> Even uh, actually your cousin blessed me, Idris, you know, uh, went to breakfast and had some good pancakes. Praise the Lord. But that's not why you came here. First um, <laughs> Corinthians chapter three. I'm going to read one through nine. I'm not going to expound on it. I'm going to give the background a little bit and then we're going to look at some other scriptures. Okay, so we're talking about successful Christian living. Um, chapter 3, Romans, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 says, But brothers, I cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you're not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So what Paul is saying, this church was known for, um, they had a lot of gifts of the Spirit, um, they had mighty moves of God, but they also had a lot of sexual problems. As you get to 1 Corinthians 5, you see the young man sleeping with his stepmother, and um, Paul kicks him out of the church uh, as a result of him, his unrepentive heart. But you see that there also there was division in this church. And so Paul is telling them he wanted to speak God's word to them, but they were flesh ruled. They were carnal. It's what we would call carnal Christian. Um, Christians who are governed by their external. And as Christians, we're called to be governed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So these Christians were full of the flesh. They were worldly Christians, as we will say. I know you may say, well, there's no such thing. But at one point in your Christian life, you were worldly as well. All right, come on, talk to me, saints. Um, I know I was very worldly. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have Christians who cuss, right? If, you don't, if you're a cussing Christian, look straight. Then nobody's going to judge you right now. <laughs> but you are judged by the king. <laughs> um, so cussing Christians and, and Christians who are, um, they live according to the dictates of the flesh. They're not living according to the word of God. And so Paul is addressing them, addressing them, and he's saying that I couldn't speak to you as a spiritual people, but I had to speak to you as infants or babes in Christ. And so this is where this is coming from, because they were saying, I'm, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Christ, and they were all dividing. They said, this is my favorite preacher, this is who I'm after. And Paul is giving them um, instruction. Verse 5 says this, what then is Apollos, what is Paul? But they're just simply servants. A lot of times you see the word servants, it actually means slaves. Slaves to whom you believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, talking about Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth or the increase. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. In other words, it's not the, the vessel or the instrument. You may plant, somebody else may water, but it's God that actually causes the growth. So you may encourage a Christian, someone that along the way may put water on top of that seed, but it's God that causes them to grow spiritually. The same way with us. 
We may plant the word of God in our hearts. We may water the word, but God causes us to grow. Just like naturally, you take a baby. A baby grows as, as it drinks the milk, and as it gets what it needs, it begins to develop. But guess who's growing that baby? God is. The same way with us spiritually. Um, I, I think there's a place where we grow from. We go from carnal Christians, a, a carnal Christian to a spiritual Christian, a Christian that is governed and ruled by the spirit of God and the word of God. And so Paul is saying, that, you know, the person who plants the person who waters, they're nothing. But it's God who who actually gives the increase. Verse eight, it says he who plants and who he who waters are one. Each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Another translation, King James says, you are God's garden. You are God's garden. So we are God's garden. That's who we are. The, the soil of our hearts. God is able to grow us through our hearts. And we know from Mark 4, which we'll get into, uh, not tonight, but later on, the, that there are different conditions of the heart which will produce a different, yield a different um, harvest. Um, in this series, I want to talk about where we got our Bible. How do we know that the Bible is the word of God? We're not going to discuss this today, but we'll discuss it next Thursday. Um, how do we know that we have the word of God? And this is it. You know, um, Joseph Smith, who started a Mormon church, um, they actually um, believe that God added some different things. And, you know, Catholicism have some different books as well. And how do we know that we have the revelation from God? And we'll talk some, some more of that practically. But Paul is telling these people that they are God's garden, a God's field. God's garden requires God's word in order for us to reap the harvest, God's harvest in our lives. Um, so many people are deceived and expect God to do everything, right? Uh, we know if we, I pray for years, Lord, help me lose weight. But if I don't do what it takes, I won't lose weight. Um, Lord, help me with my marriage. If I don't do what it takes... You know what I'm saying? It's like a couple who doesn't have sex. How are they going to expect to have a baby, right? Come on, talk to me. Um, I know we got children. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but we, we understand. How do you expect to get out of debt if you don't ever work on your debt, right? How do you expect to get on your communication if you don't ever communicate with one another? How do you expect to learn how to pray if you don't ever pray? How do you ever expect to grow in the Word if you never spend time in the Word of God? And so successful Christian living is based on the word of God. Um, we, we, we don't expect God to do everything. There is a part that we have to play. And there's a role of the spirit that he plays. The spirit of God helps us in our infirmities. He helps us to pray. He helps us to understand the scriptures. He helps us to see the sin in our own lives. Um, there are different seasons of our lives that we can identify sin in our life, right? Um, maybe when you're real tired, you, you um, see there's a temptation that comes to you often, or whether you're real busy, or whether you, there's idle time. You know, the old folks used to say idle time is what? The devil's time, right? Um, so there are times, and you have to learn that, but the Spirit of God will show you your weakness. He'll show you where you're strong or you're, you're vulnerable, where the enemy can come in and manipulate you. He'll show you where you're, you, you need to say no in areas where you're saying yes to, or you're allowing other people to manipulate you, 
right? We don't want to be manipulated by anyone. Um, or you're manipulating somebody else. Uh, I, you've seen that happen in the church and so forth. Um, so God, if, you're going to, if, you, if you have to take the time, if you take the time, excuse me, you have to take the time to spend in the word of God in order to reap a joyous Christian life. You have to take the time. I don't know about you, but I want to have joy. Um, when I don't have joy, it's just full of deadness, you know. But the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. And so here, um, Paul is talking about that we are God's garden. And so we got to spend that time in that word in order to have joy. Joy doesn't just come out of nowhere, but it's a result of knowing God. It's a result of thinking about God. Planting God's word in your heart requires time, time in the word of God. You got to spend some time in the word. If it's just, again, this little mini book that I'm writing, I'm 20 minutes of power. Spending that time in the word, just making an effort. Say, I'm going to spend this time in the word. I'm not going to allow, um, I'm going to own my relationship with God. I'm not going to depend just on Sundays or Thursdays or, or a, a SoundCloud or a book to dictate my walk with God, but I'm going to make the time to feed on God's word. And joy comes from that time. Um, go with me to Galatians chapter 6. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? <laughs> Galatians chapter 6. Um, Galatians chapter 6, real quick, let's go to verse 7, 7 through 10. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. All right. So deception is believing a lie. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. All right. So you know this, right? Uh, we as Christians don't believe in karma, right? Uh, we believe in sowing and reaping. So whatever you sow is what's going to come back to you. But God gives the increase, right? Um, we want to sow good seeds. Now, this is not just only talking about money, but this is talking about just anything, a love and joy and friendship. If you want to be friendly, if you want friends, you got to what? First, show yourself friendly, right? Um, you, you, you're not going to get friends by being stank. <laughs> you got to be friendly. You got you to cultivate relationships. Um, you got to cultivate um, friendships and look and look beyond their faults and love them when they're unlovable. Right. Um, if you want a good marriage, you got to sow towards that. All right, honey, I, I'm going to serve you. Me and Courtney, we, we try to outserve each other. You know, sometimes she wins. <laughs> um, but we've got to outserve each other. You, you sow towards the end. Let's reap a harvest of joy. Let us grow old together and be happy. And divorce is never an option. Even when we don't understand each other, let's have it out. All right? I, I, was, I came from a, a, a culture of growing up where we didn't confront. We just let things go. We didn't say anything. But Courtney came from a culture that she confronts. I'm like, why you got to confront me? <laughs> but it was necessary to deal with our issues. And so unless you sow to the, to, to the end, you're not going to reap. So you got to spend time with your spouse or spend time with your kid. I think I just read recently that in order for a kid to have to not 
um, to do well in reading, you have to read to them at least a thousand hours, right? I just read that on a, a, a quote, and I'm like, wait, I, I'm behind. <laughs> Destiny stars in the fall, so I need to start working. We got to get a thousand hours <laughs> before he starts school, right? A thousand hours, that's a long time. Or no iPad for you, buddy. Let's, let's sew towards the end. Um, I don't know if that's true. I didn't do no research, so don't don't take it as literal Bible. But I think that we have to sow. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. You, you, you sow towards um, cal eating calories. You're going to reap a, a harvest. And you see I have, right? At one point, I could close this and not be sticking out. Um, so you reap what you sow, all right? And so spiritually, we are called to reap a sow Spiritual seeds, the word of God. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. So verse seven, Galatians six, verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. Let's look at verse eight. For the one who sows to his own flesh. Let's stop there before I, before I go into verse eight. Um, Courtney, what she did is she before we had kids. A kid, I'm sorry, I'm speaking prophetically, right? <laughs> Before we had a kid, um, she went to all these baby showers and she sold. She was buying people, um, um, she was buying people um, car, car seats and I'm like, $142, I'm looking at the debit card, the bank statement. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, she would always get invited to these baby showers and she was sewing. And then when it was time to have her, our baby, guess what? We had four baby showers and we didn't have to buy anything for two years. I mean, we reaped what we sowed. Well, she, you know, I reaped from her because I hadn't, I was, I was like, no, we need to save. We need to pay that student loan down. We need, you know, and she was like, no, we got to sow. We got to sow. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so we fought, but thank God, God forgave my part. <laughs> but whatever you sow. Um, if you don't want, like the other day I was um, with um, a co-worker, a, a former co-worker, and they began to talk about the supervisor, and I mean, everything was going good. I was checking on, hey, it's good to see you. And the moment they started talking about the supervisor, I said, it's time for me to go. And they felt convicted, but they kept talking. I left. Why? Because I don't want to reap that. I don't like people talking about me negatively. So why would I sow those seeds, right? Uh, I mean, you know, it's a time to, there's a way to talk to a supervisor and so forth. But they were like dogging her out. I said, it's time for me to go. And they all, at the moment, felt like convicted, but then they continued to sow. So somewhere along the line, they're going to reap that. And so we want to sow that. Think about even um, grandparents. One day, some of us are going to be grandparents. So let's not treat our parents wrong, right? I don't want to be in a nursing home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I, you know, come move. I mean, not everybody can't do this. But some people are like saying, move in with us. You know, let, let your latter days be greater. Let, let me sow into you. And the Bible talks about that, taking care. And if you do put your parents in a nursing home, make sure there's a good nursing home. Make sure you go visit them, right? Come on. These things are important. You want to sow towards the end. You want to take care of that person because they take, took care of you for 18 years and then some people, then some, right? Verse 8, um, Galatians 6, verse 8, it says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So if you sow to your flesh, you're, the part of you that is anti-God, right? The part of you that is still not saved, then you're going to reap corruption. 
whether it's anger, yielding to anger, whether it's yielding to pornography, whether it's yielding to gossip or complaining, whatever you sow into it, you're going to reap corruption from that. You're praying for favor on the job, but then you show up late, right? That, that's, it's, you're going against the very thing you're praying for. Uh, you're praying for a promotion, but you don't do your work. Um, and we talked about that, work as worship and being careful of those things. Um, let's go on. It says, for the one who sows to his flesh, own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life, right? Eternal life. So God is not marked, mocked. This is a timeless principle, and, and if we sow a life without the word, we'll reap a life without the word. In the word, you have peace, joy, happiness, true prosperity, healing, deliverance, complete salvation, and, and above all, your walk with God. So you want to sow towards that end. You want to have a fruitful, productive, prosperous walk with God. You, want to know, you, you don't want anything hindering your walk with God. And so that's the intent or the purpose of the word of God. So taking that time. And again, it's not the, uh, it's not the qu quantity, but it's the quality of the word, right? Five minutes can go a long way. God can come and bless you for five minutes of the word. Whatever, taking the time to spend in that, on that word. Um, you know, I talked about this. I don't mean to um, be offensive, but on the throne, when you're in the bathroom, Pull out a Bible, read it. You there, you got time, right? Or in the middle of traffic or the DMV, you got time. Making time for the word, whatever it takes. You got a 30-minute lunch break. Take five minutes of that lunch break and pull out your Bible and read it. Um, looking for opportunities to sow that into your heart. And notice it says, if you sow to the Spirit, um, it's not talking about sowing to the Holy Spirit. I know it may be capitalized in your translation, but Actually, in the Greek, it is not talking about the Holy Spirit because you can't sow to the Holy Spirit, but you sow to the human spirit, right? You are a spirit being. The real you is not what you see, but it's your spirit man, your inner man. And you have a soul. You have a mind and a will and an intellect, and you live in a body. So what Paul is saying, if you sow to the spirit, the part of you that is born again, you're going to reap eternal life. And guess what, is, what eternal life is? I'm glad you asked. John chapter 17, verse 3. John chapter 17, verse 3. When you got to get it, say amen. John chapter 17, verse 3. Amen. It says this. And this is eternal life. Read the next part. Okay. So if you sow to the Spirit... You're going to reap, reap eternal life, and eternal life is what? Knowing God and his son Jesus. So if you sow to your spirit, the part of you that is made in the image of God, in the likeness of God, you're going to reap a knowledge of God. You're going to reap a fellowship, a communion, a relationship, a, 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 a higher level of walking with God. You're going to reap in your walk with God. That's eternal life. That's good news. That was enough for you to come out here just to hear that so you can go home. Go with me to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, that's the first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 8, let's look at verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. 
It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Okay, notice you have the, the four seasons there, right? Um, well, summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night, or you have the seasons, I should say. Um, but you also have something else, seed time and harvest. So there's a time to plant, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and there's a time to reap. So there's a time, you got to plant this. You got to plant this word in your heart. And the thing about it is trials and tribulations, they're going to come, right? We're going to have some hard times. But guess what? You sow, sow the word in you, and when that hard time comes, because it's going to come, when, troubles, when trouble hits your house, you're going to have a solid foundation. You're not going to be um, flaky. You're not going to go here and there or thrown away because something bad happened. You'll have peace in the midst of, of, of whatever you're going through. So, so, you're sowing, number one, to know God, and you're sowing to prepare for that evil day. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 says, having done all to stand, stand therefore in the evil day. So you're going to stand, you, you got to learn how to stand when that day is coming, that evil day. Evil day is going to come. Evil day is going to hit your house. What you, you're, you're making a bad confession, PD. Yes, because that's what the Bible says. In this world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trials. You're going to have things not go your way. I mean, th you know, car breaks down and, and this and that happened and you got to do this and this happens and somebody dies and... What, what, what are you going to have to stand on? The word of God. So the difference between the Christian and the unbeliever is they have the word of God. The Christian has the word. They can stand on that word. Even though tears may come, you can still have joy and peace in the midst of whatever you're facing. You know, you, you have a sure foundation because you're not moved by the glories of this world. Right. And so you want to sow to that end. Um, you want to sow, you want to, as long as the earth exists, you'll you have this, this timeless principle of seed time and harvest. Uh, if you just only pray when everything goes well, then what is your relationship? If your strength is only, your strength is only as good as your ability to stand in adversity. You know, being able to stand when things don't look good and, and all hell is breaking loose. Oh, when things are great, you're still standing. You're still in love with Jesus. You're still faithful to his word and, and his presence. That's what you want to go after. That's what we're working towards. You sow to the flesh. You reap um, corruption. You sow to your spirit. You reap eternal life. When we talked about eternal life is knowing God. So if you want to know God, you're going to have to spend time in his word. The, how do you know somebody? How do you know your spouse? By the words they speak, right? Okay, how do you know your creator, your maker, your father, your eternal father? Through the words that he speaks. Or he spoke. Through the, through the words that he spoke. You, you have all these words. And notice that God did not choose to give us a sign, but he gave us his word. Th that's how he, he is a speaking God. He's called he called us to listen to his words. And that's what the goal, that's how you're going to have a successful Christian life. I think, um, well, walking with God requires and demands word time. Word time. You got to have word time. Um, perhaps you should do a word fast. 
And that doesn't mean to fast the word. <laughs> I'm doing the word fast. <laughs> but you, you fast, in other words, you, you take extra time and you read and you study and you meditate. You fast everything to sow or what you can to sow into that word. You sow the word in your, your heart, your mind, right? In your life, your, you know, you sow, you sow that. And how do you sow by the by meditating and reading, and we'll get to how to sow. I'm almost finished. Um, many people want to reap a life with God, but haven't sown anything. You know, I, I know about you, I don't know about you, but I get jealous when I see somebody closer to God than me. I get just like, how are you going to be close with God like that? You know, and I'm not talking about a gift. You know, people, because they prophesy, that doesn't mean they're close with God, because I know some people who prophesy and their life is falling apart. And they could be right on because God can use a donkey. Right. So we're not talking about we're not talking about being used by God. Right. That's a different sermon, a different um, talk or share or presentation. But actually walking with God, having God's the fruit of the spirit in your life, having the result of walking with God. You have love, peace, patience, self-control. A lot of Christians they don't have a lot of self-control. Right. You know some Christians who fornicate. They, there's no self-control there, all right? Now, I don't care how much they speak in tongues, run around the church, play and shout and sing and preach. If they don't have self-control, if they can't control their flesh, they, they're, not a, a, they're not a mature believer, right? Um, self-control means you're not just angry, you know? You take a man who's, who's hitting his wife, you know? Um, you get somebody bigger than him, um, then see how... He can control his flesh, right? <laughs> his anger. Um, you're, you're not, we're not called to just, it is what the, um, the workplace calls um, emotional intelligence, right? The ability to control your emotions. And as Christians, we, we're not to just get upset and allow our anger or our emotions to go off on us, right? Um, I was talking to one man one time, and he was upset at, at his wife. He said, sometimes I feel like I can get in the car and, and just drive away and never look back. I've never felt that way. <laughs> Courtney would come after me. <laughs> Where are you going? You said to death do us part. You ain't going nowhere. You better come back. <laughs> All right. So, but that's the truth. Um, we don't. We should allow ourselves to get to a place where we're so upset that we allow our emotions to control us or to rule us. It doesn't matter a customer. It doesn't matter a co-worker. We are to have the word of God in, in our lives so much that that word governs everything that I say. You know, I, I, not that I'm quoting scriptures, but I'm speaking in line with God's will. That means I'm going to speak a word that a soft word that to turn away wrath. I'm going to speak a word that's going to minister grace to the hearers. All right. Um, so you don't want you don't want to um, give up on your sowing time. It will affect your entire life. The problem is, is some have been sowing seeds of doubts, doubt and unbelief. They've been sowing television, <laughs> the words of the television, social media, movies, Netflix, gossip, complaining. And guess what they're reaping? A, a life full of drama. You know, you don't want to invite that into your life, your bedroom. You don't want to invite any of that. Uh, so I, I gave, I'm, this is five reasons why we should sow the word in our hearts. 
five reasons, right? This is five reasons. So if you can take a note, you take a notes, so you write this down. Um, the first reason is the reason why we want to sow the word. We're talking about successful Christian living is because we want to know and walk with God. We want to know and walk with God. That is the pro primary reason that we sow the word in our hearts, right? We, we want to know God, this God who saved us through Christ. This God who wakes us up every morning, gave us his spirit, provides our every need. We want to know him and we want to walk with him. We want to commune with him. That's that's the purpose. He gave us his word so we can know him. Otherwise, we wouldn't know him. We would just know what we think, think about God. Right. A lot of times people, they, this is what I think about God. And they give you what they think instead of what the word actually says. Um, God's word is God's will. And so as I'm as we're studying the Old Testament, right, your, your daily reading, right, going through the Bible, you know, 365 days. As you're reading the Bible, you know, actually you have two free days, right, Saturday and Sunday. And if you, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If you haven't been doing it, just start today. That's it. Just start today. You got two days, right, tonight and tomorrow. And it's Good Friday. Some of us are off Good Friday. So you got some extra time. And then you can have Saturday and Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean for you not to read the Bible at all, but it's just to use that time to maybe read what you want to read. Right. I think I'll read a book that I'm maybe in Revelation. I want to see what's going to happen at the end of the time. You know, um, so Romans chapter 12, verses one through three. I think that this may be the only one that I go to. Let's go over to Romans chapter 12. Is this blessing you tonight? Okay. We're talking about successful Christian living. Successful Christian living. And, and, and when I talk about successful Christian living, I, I'm not necessarily talking about the Lord blessing you with things. And, and he will do that. I, I don't want you to not believe for those things. Um, there's some things he want to bless you with. But the ultimate thing is your walk with God. You know, that, that right there is above all. He wants to bless your walk with him. That's, that's the ultimate goal of the cross, so that we can walk with him. We can fellowship with him. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We talk about worship a lot of times. But worship requires us to offer up our, our bodies. He is concerned about your body and my body, right? He wants to make sure we're in shape. He wants to make sure that we are not abusing our bodies. Um, this is not a, 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 to put you in bondage, but it's to let you know that as a result of what God has done for us in Christ, we're give, we, we worship God with our bodies. We lift up our hands. We speak well of him, right? We bow down and so forth. So he wants us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it's through the, our, the, renewing, of the renewing of the mind. So as your mind is renewed, you get to know God better, Right? Um, th there are certain ways that we think that is in this, that's not correct. And so as you take that word and as you read it, as you study it, meditate it, speak it, pray it, that changes the way that you think about God. 
You ever had those moments when you're studying scriptures and you're like, I didn't know this. Um, that's God getting our attention. And so we, we study or we sow the word to know and walk with God. Number two, we sow the word in our hearts so that we won't, so we won't sin against God. And you're taking notes, Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. David says that I've hid your word in my heart so that I won't sin against you. So we don't want to sin against God, right? That, that's, I, we don't want anything hindering us from our walk with God to sin against God. So, so that word, so I won't sin against God. Number three, we sow the word of God in our hearts so that we can be more like Jesus, more like Jesus. And if you're taking notes, John 17, verse 17. John 17, verse 17 says this. This is the, the high, high, priest, high, high priestly prayer of Jesus. Lord, set, sanctify them with your truth, for thy word is truth. So the more we get the word in us, the more we become more like Jesus. God uses his word to sanctify us. Well, everybody knows the scripture in Jeremiah says the heart is evil and wicked, right? Who can know it? But Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 2, it's through your word that we are clean. So the word cleanses our hearts, right? We, you may be some attitude there, right? Some racism there. Come on. You know, we, we are dealing or some cop hating attitudes, right? Um, whatever it may be, that word cleanses our heart. Um, Jesus, um, Paul said in Ephesians to, about the husband, the, the husband would present the wife by the cleansing of the word, right? And so we need to be baptized or clean with the word. So God uses the word just like we need a daily shower or bath, whatever you prefer, right? Um, just the thought of standing in, your, in the, the tub with your own dirt is a different story when you get older, right? Or going to the public pool, you're like, oh, man. But you didn't think about that when you was a kid, right? You just dived in, right? And now we're like, ooh, that's the good, you know, that's the devil, you know, to make us fear, but, you know, think people are sick and stuff. <laughs> um, but that shower cleanses us, right? The word cleanses us. It washes our mind. It washes our heart and our attitude. It washes our tongue. We can say some harmful things, especially in a time of anger. But guess what? The word of, word of God will come up to, uh, in your spirit as you're arguing so, with somebody. Don't say that. You want to minister grace. You can speak the truth, but do it in love. Um, don't react. But respond with the love of God. That's what that word does. So Jesus says, you are clean through the words that I've spoken. So the more of the word you get in your heart, the more that word cleanses you and make you like him. All right. So um, number four. Why should we sow the word in our heart? Um, to have a successful Christian life and defeat the devil. To have a successful Christian life and defeat the devil. The number one way in which God, Jesus defeated the devil is how? Come on, scholars. He spoke the word. He says, it is written. It is written. It is written. Matthew 4, 
So you and I are not going to defeat the devil, right, just by um, fighting him with our own might. We're going to fight him with the word. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 or 18, it talks about that the word is the sword of the spirit. So you take that word and you stick the devil with it. No, you don't. No, no, I, 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 I'm going to speak your word. I'll give you a, a, a true story, all right? So I'm in Texas recently. I think it was last um, Saturday. I was in Texas, and I was with family and friends. I'm excited, and they decided to take me to a cookie place, right? <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm really excited. So I'm rushing. I can't wait to go. They say, oh, these cookies are good. They deliver them at your house, I mean, or, or your job or your house, and give you milk and stuff. I said, man. So they're taking me here. And so I'm so excited because I'm with family, friends, and I'm about to get some cookies. So I rush out, and I slam the door, and I slam my finger in the door. And I'm like, Jesus. And he's like, you okay, PD? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. So I'm, I'm acting Mr. Cool, but I can't, I'm not going to eat no cookies now because I can't enjoy this. My, my finger, my pinky, you know, my pinky, but my finger is hurting. So I, I slide away in the bathroom, lock the door. I feel like, I felt, really feel, felt like crying. And I, 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 so I said, Lord, I, I worship you, God. I worship you. And I'm like, God, I want, I said, Lord, forgive me for gluttony. Forgive me for running for these cookies. I'm, I'm confessing my sins, right? And I'm, this is a true story. As Lord, your word says, uh, God, I can ask whatever I will and you'll do it. God, I'm asking you to take away the pain. Your word says in Mark 11, I can speak to the mountain and it has to obey me if I don't doubt in my heart. And I speak to this pain. In Jesus' name, I command this pain to go. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. I'm worshiping God, speaking to the finger. No lie, no lie. The pain left. I'm not saying that it's not sore because it's still sore, but the pain left. And I went back. I walked smoothly. I didn't rush. And everybody's eating their cookies. Oh, why are you eating? I'm just going to take my time. <laughs> no more gluttony. I repented from that, right? And I'm just, I, I only had two cookies, right? <laughs> that day, <laughs> that time. <laughs> but that's a true story. All right? That's a true story. To have a successful Christian life and defeat the enemy, Matthew 4, 4. John chapter 8, verse 31, 32 talks about we'll know the truth if we continue in the word and the truth will make us free. And my last point is this. Why sow the word in our hearts? To influence the world. To influence the world. John chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. And I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. I just want to give you some, some pointers, applications of how do we plant God's word in our garden. Right. You want to know this. The first one is simply just read it. Even if you don't understand what you're reading spiritually, it's a spiritual book. The Bible is a spiritual book. It's a literal book. It's it's a historical book, but it's also a spiritual book. Just read it. Read the word. That's one of the main ways in which we plant the garden of God's word. I mean, plant God's word in our garden. Um, you have to make time to read it. This is a simple yet a challenging thing to do. Um, you have to schedule time in the word. You got you to gotta make some time with it. If it's, again, five minutes, ten minutes, just make some time. Fight for that time. Um, you simply read the Bible to feed your spirit, man. Even if you don't understand everything there is to know, you, you know, you have to take the time to read the Bible. 
Reading it is simply understanding the words, right? That is, is what um, um, the guy, um, Adler, Adler wrote a book called How to Read a Book. And the first level of reading is it's called elementary reading, where you understand what the words that you're saying. So simply reading it. When you read the scriptures, it registers on your spirit. Now, another way you can do this is by listening to the Bible, right? There's some free apps out there that you can download. You can just listen to people read it. So you, 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 you're reading it and you're hearing it. Instead of turning on the radio, right, um, especially that satellite radio you can get caught up in. <laughs> I just had a rental car. <laughs> um, instead of getting caught up in that, listen to the word. Sometimes what I'll do is, if I'm preaching through a, cer a certain book, um, I, I'm like I'm about to preach through Malachi, I take Malachi and, and listen to it. You know, so whether I'm walking the dogs, I'm jogging, I'm listening to it. I'm looking for ways to put it in, in my heart. So just reading it and listening to it. Now don't substitute listening to it for reading. Some people have done that, don't do that. Instead, you wanna read it, and use the listening part as a, as a supplement. That's it. It's like taking vitamins, right? The main nutrition where you get it from is you reading it and then also listening to it. Number two, I'm gonna go through this, I got five. Number two is studying the word, studying the word. Now this goes beyond just reading it, but this is digging into how it's connected with other scriptures. Uh, it's using other translations to find out the meaning of the, the passage, all right? So I, I have NIV, I have um, ESV, I have King James Amplified, I have the different translations, and you know, you can have access to it because you have an app, right? So you don't have to spend money like I did a long time ago before y'all were, uh, y'all were little kids. <laughs> you know, I had the little, <laughs> but um, you can pull out all your Bibles and read it, and you're, you're looking for the meaning, studying it. Now that goes beyond just the five minutes. Now you're getting into hours, <laughs> all right? Um, maybe taking a Saturday once a month and say, okay, I'm gonna find out the meaning of this. So I'm reading it, I'm reading my daily plan, and then I'm taking a passage that I'm drawn to and I'm, I'm gonna study it out in different translations. All right, number three, meditating the word. Okay, this is a lost art for many believers. This requires you memorizing it, all right? So you may take a passage and memorize it, put it on an index card, and you put it on your bathroom mirror. One of the couples that I, I, I met with while um, in Texas, uh, I was blessed because on the bathroom they had a scripture, it was Titus. I was, I was taking a little notes so I could memorize it myself. Oh, you memorize that? Why you memorize that? You know, like I said, I was get jealous, right? Uh, and, and so just kind of taking that and, and memorizing it. One word for meditation is to toss it Toss it over your, in your mind. So you take a passage and you go over it. Maybe you can't memorize the whole thing, but maybe two or three verses, right? And you go over and over and over again. That, that is, a, um, that this is where, okay, this is where we'll lose a lot of Christians in the meditation part. This is where revelation or illumination, this is where you receive this. You begin to walk in a greater understanding. This is where the Holy Spirit will renew your mind. It's not in the reading portion. Now, there's a blessing in the reading. It's not in the studying only, but it's in the meditation. That is where 
you'll find true transformation. Because when you have, gotten in, in, you have gotten that word in your heart, in your mind, then it's going to affect your life. It's not just I'm reading it and I'm trying to obtain it through my willpower. Now it's a part of you. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my what? words abide in you, and the, words, the word of God abides in you to the extent that you live it. So that revelation. Number four, speak, speaking the word. That's confessing it, and, 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 and that requires faith. That means you, you put it in on your mirror, put it in your wheel, a steering wheel. Um, you're speaking that word. You, you're not just saying anything, but you're actually speaking what the word of God says. Faith will come quicker if you hear your own self hear, speak the word. Faith will come by me speaking to you or somebody else preaching to you, speaking to you. But faith comes quicker if you use your voice and you hear yourself. So you may want to record it yourself. You got iPhones or smartphones. Speak First John chapter one through, you know, chapter one, verses one through eight, you know, so forth. And last is praying the word. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word in Jesus name. Amen.